0: Welcome to Everybody's Bad with Money. I'm AJ Schneider, founder and CEO of Beyond the Green Coaching, where we help people every single day heal their relationship with money. Join me multiple times per week, where I bring you inspiring guests, solo episodes, and share tangible money and life tips you need to be your most confident, independent, and empowered self. Hello, and welcome back to Everybody's Bad With Money. I am your host, AJ Schneider. And today we're going to talk about what recession? (laughs) What recession? What's this thing that everybody keeps talking about? And I've been averse to talking about this because it's been so sensationalized in the news and in media and influencers and business coaches and everybody's talking about this recession and to be afraid and and my whole methodology is that we need to calm your nervous system because you're chronically in a state of fight and flight and thinking that there's a recession looming after a pandemic, after a war, after this, after that, our nervous systems can only handle so much. And the reality is it's not as bad as we think. So I'm going to go over real estate, employment, consumer spending, and ultimately, the the bow I want to tie on this is that Yes, we are entering uncertain times. Things are changing very quickly. And even though we are in a downturn in the stock market, which I'll get to in a second, that doesn't mean that things are as bad as we think or is that we're being told to think. So what is a recession? A recession is a significant decline in the economic activity that lasts for months. So if there are two consecutive quarters, so three to six months... Of significant decline in economic activity, experts declare a recession. Now, they declare it based off of a negative gross domestic product or the GDP, which is parallel to the stock market. So GDP fluctuates up and down, the stock market fluctuates up and down. The GDP is the standard measure of the value added created through the production of goods and services in a country during a certain period. It measures the income earned from that production or the total amount spent on the final goods and services. So that's what the GDP is measuring. And then the stock market is mirroring and analyzing or trying to attempt to analyze, okay, if there's this much income being earned, then this much will be spent and therefore we're going to measure the economy that way. And the stock market is like, OK, so I we think, based off of historical data, future forecasting, and the current needs and wants of consumers, that this is what's going to happen. So when someone says there is a recession, literally what they are saying, what an expert is saying, is that for two consecutive quarters, there has been a negative or downturn in the economy. What are other things that indicate where the economy is. Well, the first one that... Uh, so I was talking... The reason why I'm, I brought this up or I'm getting on the podcast right now is because I was talking to a client this morning and she's like, can you talk more like on your podcast or like in your newsletters about the recession? And I was like, oh, I've been so averse to having this conversation because I think the news has been sensationalizing it so much to be af- for you to be afraid. And I don't want people to be afraid. So I was like, "Okay, so what is your belief on the recession?" And she was like, "Well, I, you know, when I hear the word recession, I think we're going to have a housing crisis and there's going to be unemployment and people aren't going to have any money." And I was like, "Okay. Then I have I have to address this because none of that is actually what's happening right now." So the first thing, real estate. During the pandemic and before the pandemic, the cost of homes were higher, and then during the pandemic there was a boom because people Wanted to buy homes, and there was not a lot of inventory on the market. And the reason why there wasn't a lot of inventory on the market is because baby boomers didn't want to move. The second is that we actually have a home shortage. So I'm going to get to this in kind of a roundabout way. So just you know, put on your seatbelt and stick around for just a second. I want to go back to 2008. In 2008, we had our housing crisis. Why did we have a housing crisis? Because Lenders and banks were giving out loans to people who couldn't afford to pay them. So someone was buying a home and then couldn't afford the monthly mortgage payment and then therefore went delinquent on their monthly mortgage payment and then their home got repossessed and they got kicked out of their home and they had nowhere to live. And this happened to hundreds of thousands of people over the span of years and over the span of time... (laughs) which is the same thing as years. <laughs> and therefore, that's that was the issue, is that there was billions and billions of dollars sitting in fraudulent d- delinquency from these home purchases that people were not paying because they couldn't afford to pay them. And that's where the banks and the lenders got held liable. What also happened was that one of the industries that got hit the hardest was in construction, in Uh, trades. So anybody who worked in, you know, plumbers, electricians, they worked in homes, textile, people who were building homes got hit the hardest. Now, most of the people in that industry decided this was awful. I don't want to go back. They had to file bankruptcy. They lost everything. There were a lot of families and a lot of small businesses who lost everything because their whole business was in these trades of building homes the ones that survived decided to go to commercial real estate. So they're building big skyscrapers and residential buildings, and they're not focusing on the smaller homes. They're not, you know, if they're working with developers, they're not working with individuals, and there is a shortage of them because those projects got pushed aside. And instead, developers focused on building big communities Big centers, they weren't so focused on the individual buy a piece of land, make one home. That wasn't where the movement went. Right now, since 2008, we have made historically 40% less homes than we were pre 2008. So, what does that mean? So, everybody in the pandemic wants to buy a home, baby boomers aren't moving out of their home, people aren't selling, and we don't have enough inventory to go around. So we have a housing shortage, which means that people are still going to keep buying right now, even though interest rates are going up. So interest rates right now on homes are going up, which means the the cost of homes are going down. It's not because the, economy, the real estate economy is so bad that they're bringing down their cost of homes. It's normal for when interest rates are high, home prices go down. When interest rates are low, like it was Pre-pandemic and during the pandemic, interest rates were low. Housing can go high. The reason why people were paying $40,000, $50,000, $100,000 over asking price is because of the two things I mentioned. There wasn't enough inventory to go around, and we have a shortage of homes. So the real estate market is doing great, and it's going to consistently do great because we need labor, and we need more people to actually be building homes, and people still want to buy. That's also another indication, just an indication that people have money. People have money to be investing in homes because banks and lenders had it tighten up really tight on their allowances on what you can and cannot do to get a loan. So it's much more difficult now to get a loan and there's much more... Uh, steps that you have to take in order to get a loan to buy a home. So that's indicating that people are actually able to buy homes right now. There just aren't as many homes on the market. And now with the interest rates going up and housing prices cooling off a bit, I think there'll be like a nice, consistent, steady flow of people buying homes over the next few years. We're not going to see a crash or like a plunge in real estate. Based off of all of the mentionables. So, real estate, check mark, doing great. Let's talk about employment. In a traditional recession, they indicate that unemployment is up and hiring is down. And that is actually the opposite of what's happening right now. Unemployment rates are down to pre pandemic levels. So, we are at a, the lowest unemployment that we've had since the pandemic. And people are hiring. There is a lot of jobs. So that indicates that there is a lot of money to go around because people want to spend money to hire people to do more jobs. Two, there are industries that are being hit by this quote unquote recession. And that is tech. And the reason why is because tech had a huge boom during the pandemic. Why? because of demand. Everybody was working at home. People wanted their Pelotons. People wanted um, access and resources in their homes. So tech blew up. And so what did tech do? They hired more and more people because of the demand. They needed the support. They needed the help. Now that the demand has shifted and people are going back into the world, tech is laying off. Also, tech had to build a lot of new systems in the pandemic that they never had, that required a lot of labor, additional labor. Once the systems are created, you don't need as much labor. You know, it's an example of you need a lot of people to build the rails for a railroad. But then once the railroad is built, you don't need as many people managing the railroad. It's the same thing, right? They built all these new systems, all these new processes to support the demand that people were asking for. And in some businesses, they thrived. And in other businesses like Peloton, they could not keep up with the demand. They couldn't. And so stocks and investments like that are going down. And other tech companies are going down because they couldn't keep up with the demand. And some of the tech businesses just don't need the level of employment that they had during the pandemic because they were in a boom. So it makes sense that they would be they they got the best return from the pandemic and now they're going to be hit the most by this downturn in the economy. Employment is up, hospitality, trade, those are up. People are desperate for labor. Okay, next point, consumer spending. A part of a quote unquote recession is that consumer spending is down. Well, actually consumer spending is at 1% right now higher than it was the previous quarter. Now, we can account for inflation being a part of that reason, right? Things are more expensive. But this is an indication that people have money, people are spending money, and people want to spend money. Now, this has a lot of positive and negative implications, like people are putting more money on credit cards. Maybe people are spending above their means. But ultimately, what this is indicating is that people are not stopping spending since the increase of gas, or the increase of prices, and the increase of goods and services. Now, if you want an indication of how we are not slowing down the economy, oil, the top five oil companies last quarter brought in $35 billion. So in a three-month time period, they brought in $35 billion. Now, how does oil impact consumer spending. Well, people are still driving their cars. People are still getting on planes. People are still buying goods. People are still traveling. People are still going out there. So that indicates to me that the reason why the oil companies made so much money is because people are spending, are traveling, are going out, are not letting these new inflated prices change their spending habits, which means that people have money. People are spending. People want things. People want to travel. People want to go out So consumer spending is going up. All of this to say, there are things that you can do to feel more confident in uncertain times. So if you're in an industry that has high volatility, then maybe it's worth getting a side hustle. There is so much unemployment to be going around. This is an incredible time to capitalize on making more money. You want to go be a server two times a week? You can find a job that will do that. And you might be able to negotiate in, in a way that you probably couldn't have pre-pandemic. Maybe you negotiate these are the only these are the only shifts you want to work, or you only want to work four hours, or you only want to come in when it works for you. And you might have a lot of negotiating power on these side hustles, but maybe this is a good time to like pick up a couple of shifts or, you know, do a side hobby or sell a service of a skill that you have because yes do I think that we are in uncertain times and it's always good to be prepared? But also, you know, there's opportunities all around us and it's and it's about your feeling safe and your feeling secure. The market is not an indication of the overall health of you, right? So think about what your goals are, your short, mid and long-term goals and say, you know, what if you were to bring in $500 a month from a side hustle, What would that mean? How would that change your circumstances? Could you put that towards an emergency fund? Can you put that into the stock market right now because right now the stock market's on sale and things are lower and this is a good time to actually start investing? Can you put that $500 into a 529 plan for your child? Save it for college. Save it for retirement. Whatever it is. You have opportunities here. There are opportunities about. so when you hear people say, oh this economy, or I can't do something, I would walk away from that person. That is a scarcity mentality. And we don't we don't do that at Beyond the Green. We're all about creating that attractor mentality, that abundance mindset, that there is opportunity abound. And I want you to feel empowered that in these moments of uncertainty, you have choice and you have agency. If you want a little more certainty and you're not knowing where to start, we do have a couple of spots available in one-on-one coaching with me, Rachel, or Leah, our financial freedom coaches. It's actually very exciting because I didn't have room in my one-on-one coaching and now I do. And what we do is we help you create a plan so that we can accomplish your short, mid and long-term goals together and that we set you up so that you're getting ready to talk to a financial advisor, you're having the best accountant on your team, you have your financial support system. So during these uncertain times, you can make decisions in your best interest. If you're feeling really lost and you're like, I need to invest in crypto or I need to go buy stocks, that is like the last place in the entire world, I would say, to start. That's just gambling. I would start with what you have, how much your money you're bringing in, how much you want to save, and start backwards if you have debt. How do we create a debt repayment plan that's sustainable for you that allows you to still live your life? If you have savings, if you have saving goals, what are those savings goals? How much money would you like to have? What's realistic for you? And these are a lot of hard questions and you don't have to do it alone. So if you're interested, like I said, we do have some one-on-one options. Otherwise, I really hope that this was helpful. And I hope this calms your nervous system a little bit that like things are not as bad as they're appearing. They're just uncertain and uncertainty scares people. But you don't have to be scared because you're an attractor and you know that you can make decisions today that are going to impact tomorrow. Thank you so much for your time. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Your review has such a ripple effect. It gets our message in front of more eyes and we really appreciate it. And I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week and happy budgeting.